Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Här kommer ett meddelande från stipendiet Årets hållbara artist. Det delas ut av Grammys och Oatly till svenska artister som engagerat sig i klimatfrågan. Tidigare har Malena Ernman, Magnus Karlsson och Annika Norlin utsätts till Årets hållbara artist. Vem tycker du ska få stipendiet 2020? Gå in på hållbarartist.se och nominera den svenska artist eller det svenska band som du tycker gjort något för planeten. Gör det senast den 6 januari. Hello, this is Michael Monroe here and you're listening to me and Fredrik Strage talking about rock and roll and music and all kinds of things. Thank you for coming to my home, Michael Monroe. This is a true pleasure. It's, it's an honor and a privilege. I love it here. A lot of cool stuff. And you brought your harmonica. I was hoping you would do that. I never leave home without it. I also have a nose flute. <laughs> a nose okay. flute? I've never seen one like that. Oh, no? Yeah, not, most people haven't. You blow it from, your, you kind of like use your nose, you, you blow from the top hole here. And then you adjust the pitch with your mouth on the bottom hole here. So it's like a very simple. You can get all kinds of sounds. Are you, are, in every record I made, there's some nose flute purposefully in some part or another, doubling a guitar or doing, you know, something, some kind of effect, you know. Not just for the sake of having it. It's just, it's a cool instrument. You know, who needs a Moog and synthesizers and stuff? I, I read this interview where you mentioned that If you're in Finland, people walk up to you all the time and ask you for an autograph. But if, if you're in the US, they will come up to you and say, you're famous, right? You look famous. Yeah, you are somebody, <laughs> aren't you? <laughs> How do you react to that? I laugh. It's funny because, uh, yeah, in, in New York especially, it's, hey, yo, Blondie, hey, Rockstar, come on, give me a dollar. Give me a dollar. But uh, I think it's just hilarious. I think, yeah, what, who do you, what, what am I going to say? You look like you're somebody. Well, I, I hope I'm somebody, but, you know... So uh, I just think it's amusing in, in a way too. It's funny, you know. I'm, 
different countries have different reactions and you know it's uh, and for finland people who are into my work and stuff and know what i do and basically come ask come to ask for an autograph autograph or a photo selfie whatever that's not much out of my time i, I don't mind at all because i never complain about that because some people say oh man i gotta do an autograph i think that's great that people are asking me for it i mean it would be a bad thing for my career if nobody ever asked for my autograph or a photo selfie to get <laughs> Your latest single is called Last Train to Tokyo, and you, you've had quite a lot of success in, in Japan. Yeah, always. Probably the biggest market for your first band, Hanoi Rocks. Yeah, one of the biggest. I mean, Hanoi Rocks played there in 1983 and 84 and, uh, before we broke up. But then as a solo artist, I was even bigger than Hanoi. And, you know, in 80, not, they're not faking it album. It's really, really happening big time there. And I've been there, I probably toured there, but I was just counting one day, I was, how many times I've been there, but it must, it's about 30 or so, to, that I've, 30 times I've visited Japan and played, played some shows, and uh, it's always been a great, one of my, it's my, one of my favorite countries to tour, and really, and the people are really genuinely nice and considerate and kind, and they never get aggressive or they never get like you know even when they drink they don't get you know like some finnish people or maybe english people get to a point usually where they say oh, all right yeah they get into a fight or something japanese people they're very they just giggle and then they pass out or something yeah know? they pass out because they lack something in their bodies to handle alcohol i think you know i think it's like i, a, I don't know that deep I, i'm i haven't looked into it that deep but uh <laughs> You're probably right. Whatever the case is, I love them people and uh, I love playing there. They're really passionate about rock and roll and really still love good music and uh, sell physical product like CDs and vinyl, you know, one of the last countries in the world. I once spoke to Dragon from the Backyard Babies, who he used to play the guitar in your band. Ex-Michael Monroe band. <laughs> Dragon told me that Backyard Babies once received glass test tubes from Japan from fans who wanted them to send back sperm so they could literally have the oh. Backyard Babies babies. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's this revolting and disgusting. Oh, God. Yes, I would. Okay, I pretend like I didn't hear. I, I'm trying to erase that. So you haven't been asked for, for a sperm by, by Japanese fans? I certainly fans? have not, and I certainly wouldn't, I probably wouldn't, wouldn't even talk about it. I think that's one of those sleazy, maybe that's what sleaze rock, but you know what sleaze rock is? I yeah, don't but know. You're, you're supposed to be sleazy, aren't you? That's somebody tells me, so you guys are playing sleaze rock? And I am not a sleaze ball. I'm not a sleazy kind of guy. What the hell is that? Sleaze rock. Come on. I I'm not sleaze rock. I'm anything. I'm not sleaze rock. And all categories, I, I got to tell you, genres, all the names, like grunge and, you know, sleaze rock, metal, whatever. The, as soon as something has a name, it's over in my books. Yeah, so I'm introducing the next song. I was asked to pick five songs of all time that I wanted to play on the show. And uh, this is one that came to mind. It's a band called The Virgin Marys, and they have a song called Bang Bang Bang. Sunset rests on the dirty road. Clock stop dead and the sky explodes. I'm bloodshot and red and I'm feeling fine. Take that gun girl and blow my mind. Take that gun girl. The Virgin Marys, where are they from? From London, English. Uh, they're from uh, England, I don't know which city, but uh, this song was on a compilation that Slash put together for Classic Rock magazine called uh, Radio Slash. It was like a, a collection of his favorite songs of all time, and it started out with my with ours, uh, my song uh, 78, it was the first song on that CD, 
And Virgin Mary's was like sixth or seventh song. I went through the other other songs. There's one Rory Gallagher song, and this song came up, and I was like, wow, I hadn't heard it before. And the singer's got a great voice, and, and you know, to have a new singer like that, fresh, fresh new band, you know, they're quite young and up and coming. So uh, I was like blown away. A great production, great everything. And that song is really killer. I thought, you know, so there's uh, there's Virgin Mary's for you. Bang bang bang! When did you start dreaming about becoming a rock star? I never dreamed about becoming a rock star. I, I, I wanted to be a rock singer, a rocker. Uh, stardom, if that comes, you get famous and whatever. Well, you, 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 you do your own thing, you know. I wanted to be a singer when I was eight years old. You're, saw, you're wearing a belt that says rock star. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that goes without saying, in case I forget. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I, I, I don't, I'm not saying that, that I wasn't a rock, that I'm not a rock star. I'm a rocker. And I'm a rock star too, because I'm, you know, once you get. But the thing is, you got to do it on your own terms, and you got to do your thing first uh, without thinking about any stardom and stuff like that. Then, if you get successful, that's great. But first, you got to do your own thing on your own terms, and you know, uh, be true to yourself and all that. And your integrity is the most important thing with this. So I'm uh, eight years old. I saw Black Sabbath on TV. Uh, live in Paris, 1970, and those guys were. There was a heavy sound that was powerful, and I saw that crazy singer with the long hair, wild and free. And I said, "Well, maybe I could do that. Maybe I could even make a living doing that." <laughs> and then I discovered Little Richard and Rolling Stones and Ramones and so on. And you started a, a Black Sabbath-inspired band called the uh, Black Magic yeah, when you a, were really young. Yeah, really young. I couldn't. Even, we couldn't even really, really play that even at that point. We also had a band called Hoople. What do you think it's that from? Mata Hoople, of course. <laughs> My uh, second cousin was a guitar player, uh, supposed to be a guitar player in that band. And, but we were so young, you know, we didn't, couldn't really play yet. Also, I had a band called Madness, uh, where I played guitar. Uh, it was a party band. I uh, did my first show uh, at, at, on stage at some school. But first uh, gig as a, as, a lead, as a singer without playing guitar was a Hanoi Rock show in, in Finland in '79. Before the actual band started, it was, uh, we did a few shows with me and Nasty Suicide and a couple of Finnish guys. Uh, but anyway, so uh, yeah, yeah you, I got into rock and roll, and uh, I've been there ever since. <laughs> you mentioned Black Sabbath. I have to ask you this because there's some kind of tradition in Finland to scream "Soitaka Paranoid." Oh yeah, play, play, yeah, play, play paranoid. paranoid. Uh, l- yeah. Like they, like they have, you know, in the U.S., people scream "Free Bird" because they want to hear "Free Bird" by Leonard Skinner. And in, yeah. in Sweden, people scream "Spela Shoreline." Shoreline is a song by a Swedish indie rock band okay, called Bruder so, Daniel. I mean, so the th- Finnish version is uh, nowadays. Uh, I, I I say uh, play Polaroid instead of paranoid. So <laughs> these people are so drunk, they don't know what the hell they're saying. Mike, uh, Sammy, whatever the fuck, Andy, or uh, uh, come on, come over here. I uh, important thing to say. A selfie. Uh, play Polaroid. <laughs> but do you get that too? So we talk paranoid? No, paranoid? I don't get that much because we have so many great songs that uh, I've, I have actually, I haven't heard that at my own shows. Uh, I never heard that, but uh, I've heard it said. 
that's for bands like I guess Popper is a kind of band I could imagine their audience. They're a great great band, but the Finnish band you sing in Finnish. Uh, they the, they have the kind of audience that might some guy really drunk guy might say that. But anyway, but I like Black Sabbath was you know one of the, my favorite bands. But then I discovered Alice Cooper and you know ah, come on I mean the, the, this guy was the hero of you know for me he was like the epitome of. Uh, Kind of a bit dangerous for is the kind of guy that your parents wouldn't want you to like, and uh, you know it was a bit of a threat to society and dangerous and exciting and you know all cool things and he wore makeup and him and Little Richard between those two I started wearing makeup. I see you have the Life and Crimes of Alice Cooper box set over there. Look at this guy, man. Let me grab this. Yeah, I have the box set. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'm just looking at the. Bo- I'm lo- I'll look at the booklet as we go along. Don't let me. Don't let it, let it bother you. Why don't we play one Alice Cooper track since we're talking about him? You know, we gotta play could, something. Could you, by could you Alice. pick something else? If, well, know. how about uh, Desperado? That was a tribute to Jim Morrison. They were drinking buddies. You know, Jim, Jim Morrison and Alice Cooper used to drink together. And uh, when when Jim Morrison died in 18, 1971, I think it was a killer album. Has this song Desperado, which is one of the coolest coolest uh, tributes to anybody I've heard. He's singing on the verses. He's kind of talking like Jim Morrison. It's like I'm a gambler. And I'm a runner, but you knew that. But if you check it out, in the verses, he's totally doing Jim Morrison's voice. It's beautiful. To me. Yeah, let's listen to Alice Cooper's Desperado. Yes. I'm a gambler and I'm a runner, but you knew that when you laid down. I'm a picture. Ugly stories I'm a killer And I'm a clown Step into the street by sundown Step into your last goodbye You're a target just by looking That is such a cool song. The lyrics are really, really cool. It's about Jim Morrison. Great tribute to him and uh, Alice's... Uh, you know, you're a notch and I'm a legend. You're at peace and I must hide. One of the cool line. Minds are lightning up on my gun. My shots are clean. My shots are final. My shots are deadly, and when it's done. Your real last name is Fagerholm. I was wondering, Fagerholm. Yes. Are you related to Monica Fagerholm, the Swedish-speaking Finnish writer? Not that I know of. No. Not yeah, she, she's a famous author, and she just put out uh. a book called "Vem döda de Bambi," Who Killed Bambi? Huh. Which the is Sex um, Pistols. It's a Sex Pistols reference. Yeah, with um, the Temple Tudor singing, "Who Killed Bambi?" <laughs> but you know, there's a ta- Fagerholm is a pretty common name. But my great grandfather was a, was uh, actually was friends with Sibel- John Sibelius, the composer in Finland. They were, in, uh, they were pen pals, and he, he had took some theory, musical theory lessons from Sibelius. And he was an oboe player himself, a classical musician. And his son, my grandfather, was a cello player who also played the saxophone for fun at nights at the nightclubs uh, sometimes. And uh, my, you know, musical family. Uh, yeah, so 
And my, my 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 mother works at worked at the radio like my father did, and she just didn't because my grandfather said to my mother, first you get a real job, and then you can play as much as you like. So, but I didn't take that advice. Your father Pente Fagerholm yes w- worked at the radio, and he um, I found this amazing stereo test that was broadcast yes. in 1972. Um, incredible, and now I'm impressed. You're supposed to hear this only on the left side of the channel. <laughs> it's incredible. I love that one. You know, I have this on a record. Another Hostile Takeover album has a song called uh, uh, No Compromise, No Regrets. And there's a middle section which is kind of like Pink Floyd kind of spaced out section. And then the stereo test can be heard there. And that's a metronome, right? Yeah, metronome, yeah. If you Now you should be hearing the metronome ticking on the left speaker, and then, then he says, now it should be on the right side, and then it should be in the, imagine uh, the, the supposed uh, middle of the speakers, and, you know, it's like a stereo test. It was on radio. It's, it's pretty pretty famous. And uh, So yeah. w- was your father and mother into your music? Uh, yeah, my, uh, yeah, well, my, my mother didn't like me leaving home because I was 17, I was uh, underage, and my, I had two older brothers, and they were still living there. I was the youngest, so she probably wanted to hold on to me, too, and so on, and didn't like me leaving, uh, going out to Stockholm, and not, not uh, actually, I left uh, on my own, I didn't ask for anything, I just wanted my freedom, and the uh, first half a year, I didn't really let anybody know anything about me, because I was living on the streets in Stockholm. Which you lived in, on the streets in Stockholm? Yeah, that's how we started with Hanoi Rocks. Me and Nasty Suicide and Sammy Alpha. Sammy Alpha, the bass player, and Nasty Suicide, the guitar player. We came over to Stockholm. Some guy was, there was, a, there was a guy who was supposed to get us a flat, but he, he, he uh, you know, didn't come through. So we were homeless for six months, begging for change and, you know, didn't have any money. But we had a rehearsal. Uh, I mean, the drummer, the first drummer in Hanoi, Jip Casino, he had a rehearsal place in uh, Universität at uh, Subway Station. But you couldn't see it there overnight. Otherwise, we would have we lived there. But uh, we played there, you know, rehearsed there. And Andy, uh, the other guitar player, Andy McCoy, he had a girlfriend. That's Therefore, he had a home. He had a house outside Stockholm, some nice villa. He never invited us over there. But uh, we were happy. And, you know, I, I always say I started out with nothing, and I still got most of it left. How did you pick... Uh Your name, Michael Monroe. Well, there was a guy who was a, the son of uh, the Venezuela, Venezuelan uh, ambassador in Finland. His name was uh, Johnny, and he was a musician. Uh, he had a band called Stuners back in the day, and I, I used to hang out with him, and he says, I, he asked my name, and I said, Makke. They used to call me Makke, not Matti. Makke was my nickname. So he said, is it okay I just call you Mike? So he called me Mike or Michael. And then when we started the Hanoi Rocks, uh, first of all, most people would not know how to pronounce our names because you know the Finnish or Swedish and besides Marilyn Monroe Alice Cooper you know they're they have stage names so I I had this t-shirt with Marilyn Monroe and some pills floating in the air and it said some like it hot uh so and black leather pants and that was what I was wearing most of the time and I figured Monroe she was she died actually the the summer I was born in 1962 she's died a couple of months after I was born so maybe There was a connection or something, but yeah, she was always classy and stylish, and nobody came. So something quality about her. So I thought Ma- Michael Monroe sounded good. How about your uh, band member Nasty Suicide? That's one of the weirdest nicknames in rock and roll. <laughs> nasty Suicide. Cause yeah, how about that? I, I guess Suicide is always kind of nasty, but I'm uh, Nasty Suicide was uh, you know I don't know what it came from, uh, but Nasty was really 
he's he, he had like the bad luck charm you know he was walking on the street if, if there's a bird that would shit on a car or something it would land on his, his shoulder <laughs> you know it was like always had some bad shit happen uh, you know it was kind of like it was a you know born to lose kind of character but he was the coolest great guitarist and a great <laughs> but you know i had a uh, an accountant in new york who said i want to meet this guy nasty suicide <laughs> he seems like a nice person he's a great guy he's still me and sammy alpha and nasty still have the bond that was formed in the streets of stock on uh, stockholm when we lived here homeless there's a bond that was uh, that really that never breaks we, we still have, have that uh, friendship and camaraderie and sammy alpha is really my blood brother you know what, what about the name hanoi rocks was that like chinese rocks the chinese song by, rocks was which the was slang for heroin right the, Yeah, Johnny this, uh, song? Chinese Rocks was uh, what Andy suggested that as a name for the band and uh, I said well it's already a song the Heartbreakers Johnny Thunders and the Heartbreakers written by Didi Ramon apparently uh, however but uh, then he said how about Hanoi Rocks and I was like wow that's the coolest name ever so that's the name of our band uh, so that's where you know that was the coolest name I could ever think of I said okay no matter what that was it Hanoi Rocks yeah you're looking in the booklet to the yeah, Alice, <laughs> the Cooper. Alice Cooper the Billion Dollar Babies Uh, tour. Uh, yeah. I, I just wanted to ask you how, how people reacted to your glamorous look in Finland. My glamorous look. You know, well, did you have like ragare, like teddy they, boys? They had, like in yeah, Sweden? well, they had actually the James Dean kids. So horrible. They were, they were the worst. Uh, everybody. It was in the late 70s. They were kind of kind of like a cross between the ragare and teddy boys and skinheads. And they were really prejudiced too. They were like really racist. And they would beat people up. Anybody with a little bit longer, you know, hair over on the, to, to their shoulders. They, were, they would like beat, beat, beat people up and burn their hair and You know, there's a gang of them. You know, would jump jump on you and uh, at the railway station on the weekends, where it was like suicide walking through there. They're looking at me. Actually, when me and Andy walked through the railway station, they were like, "Huh?" They didn't do nothing because then they they figured, "Oh, that guy, he's not a hippie. He's not a punk rocker." They, you know, they're they're so simple and stupid redneck in their stupid redneck minds, they couldn't categorize us. So they were like, "What's this guy with, uh, you know, electric blue PVC pants and white uh, white uh, mental hospital jacket with a big, uh, huge dick in the back that I, uh, uh, that Andy drew?" And I had my hair down to my waist. It was black on the bottom and blonde on top, and uh, must have looked like a real freak. But, uh, you know, that was too freaky for them. But, yeah, we had fights at the, some shows. That, playing in Finland, you know, already, well, in the 60s, uh, bands would go and play there. The rednecks would just, like, even if you had just long hair, you know, it was like they would come close to killing you. But us with Hanoi Rocks, with our makeup and everything. And we had some, some uh, hairy situations here and there, you know. One time I woke up in the back of the tour bus and a window fell on top of me. And then I looked down the aisle of the bus and they were like, each window was coming in. There was like 10 rednecks with baseball bats and crowbars smashing up the, uh, up the whole bus. We couldn't continue the tour with the bus. We had to uh, get a new bus for the, ne the next day. Well, we got out of there alive. I, we, I went with the bus driver to the local police. And the next day he went to uh, make, you know, announce this uh, What happened? And he said, "Oh, they're just kids from our village. They weren't being serious. They was only playing around." Said, What? They would have killed us if they would have caught us. I'd hate to see them serious. But yeah, there was a lot of lot of stuff, a lot of gigs where we were just fighting with the audience. Speaking of uh, violent Finnish people, I wanted to play you a Finnish punk song. Now go ahead. Mitä? Ah, Sapina. Maukka perusjätkä.
Malka Perusjatka. Perusjatka, basic, basic guy, basic dude. And the sa- Sapina, what's that Sapina means like hassle or, you know, hassle, uh, you know, stuff happening, something going on in the city, on the streets of Helsinki. There's a, there's a, there's a hassle or all kinds of uh, crazy stuff going on in the streets of Helsinki. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. That guy was, uh, he went to the same school as uh, Junior High. With me, it was a little older, so it was like I was in class 2B, he was in 3C. And then he became the, the guy with the chainsaw. Ralph Earn was the name of the guy who was behind this whole thing. It was the guy who wrote most of the songs. He had the piano. And the song Kills It to Kills, which was the first Hanoi Rock single, uh, abyss, uh, the other side of the first Hanoi Rock single, was o- also uh, recorded on the Malka Perusietka album in a Finnish version you know, with Finnish lyrics or something. I wrote the, some of the English lyrics with Andy. We recorded it with Hanoi then. But yeah, I, I played my first tour. I played saxophone. I, I had an alto sax, and there, there was this guy, Hepa Halame, who played tenor sax. And we went on tour in the Lapland, tour of Lapland for a couple of weeks uh, back in 79, uh, I think it was. Yeah. <clears throat> and so I, I got some experience as a touring saxophone player. It's a funny, funny band. It was like ten people in the band and stuff. That's some old ancient history. I read the book uh, "All Those Wasted Years" mm-hmm. about your career. Where um, Hanoi Rocks. There, there's a quote from uh, the Foo Fighters guitar player who says that everything in Hollywood changed after you arrived. After that, everyone was wearing the same kind of hair, clothes, and makeup as Michael Monroe. Yeah. <laughs> but you kind of created this male bombshell rock and roll look that a lot of people were inspired by later on. Inadvertently, probably. Perhaps that's what they say. And I think uh, whatever they call it, hair, this hair metal thing, I do not 
I, I won't accept responsibility for that. <laughs> I mean, to me, uh, uh, bands, a uh, lot of bands came out who were just mainly into the superficial side of it. I mean, the bands that played their hairspray cans better than their instruments, they weren't cool in my books. I wanted to, I just, to us with Hanoi Rocks, it was but the attitude, the music came first and always, and the playing before. But in America, you know, in Hollywood especially, a lot of I've seen many, many, many interviews where they asked some guitar player or, uh, or rock musician, why did, why did you start playing rock? You know, playing guitar. Why did you start playing guitar? Uh, so many of them say, it's for chicks, man. To get chicks? I mean, oh, oh, is that your motivation? I mean, Jesus Christ. You're lucky if you can play a little on the side. You know, it's just crazy. So me, what, like, what was your motivation? What was like the biggest? Just to express yourself or to feel? Just to be myself, have my own personal style. And I was influenced by different, you know, people, uh, Little Richard, Alice Cooper, uh, whoever. I, you know, just wanted, uh, just figured, uh, you know, I had, rock and roll to me is about being an individual, uh, having, doing your own thing and, and being a sort of uh, your own your own person you ha- and uh, the master of your own life uh, pretty much uh, uh, it's about individuality to me and the, and the punk thing was also a good kick in the ass when it came around that's the only word I like to use as a musical direction because there was a Good kick in the ass for boring, complacent uh, millionaire uh, musicians who lived in their castles and were out of touch with reality, playing 20 minutes long self-indulgent solos, putting people to sleep. And then here comes the Ramones and there comes the Clash and the Pistols who couldn't play for much, but uh, they still had something to say. They, they, they made, wrote lyrics that meant something and they had balls in their sound. They weren't, weren't virtuoso players, but they, like the Ramones, they saved rock and roll when they came out, you know. Two minute songs and a wham bam, thank you, man. And the funniest lyrics is very smart, so so uh, so uh, intelligent and uh, smart enough to know, smart enough to be dumb, you know. That's that's an art. So uh, that was to me about rock and roll being an individual and not like copying somebody's look. So I'm glad, thank God for Guns N' Roses because they had their own thing, they had their own sound. They were a bit heavier than Hanoi, more like an Aerosmith kind of heavy, but they took the right influence from Hanoi but like they always quoted Hanoi as one of their influences they took the attitude and the, and the right side of things and they always mentioned in the press of you know Hanoi rocks there's some other bands that were kind of like well oh Hanoi who no this is our own style well I'll show you an example yeah. uh, the band Poison They're, the guy who produced their first album came up came up to me at a club in New York when I just moved there in 86 and I uh, said oh, you're Michael Monroe right just wanted to apologize to you about Poison I said what Poison? What? You put something in my drink and said, no, the band, you know, when your drummer died and you guys broke up, I, uh, you know, we took your thing and we made millions, sold millions of records. I said, excuse me, you took our thing? Oh, man, is that what you were trying to do? Don't worry about it, man. You didn't even come close, man. It's like, you know, you missed the whole point completely, so don't worry about it. My sleep is untroubled. I wish you the same. Nice to meet you. Yeah, so there you go. Guy feels guilty. I mean, you know, I got nothing against making money, but uh, first you got to do it in your own terms and not fake it. You know, phony rock and roll is a crime, and then a lot of bands actually aren't that great. They're not for real. They're not authentic and from the heart like we are, like I am being. Then they become huge million sellers. They can millions of fans can be wrong and often are. So then people think that's real rock and roll, and that's not true. So that's that's the only bad thing about that uh, kind of superficial phony pretentious bands but there's a lot of great bands out there you know james addiction were great weren't they and warrior soul were one of my favorite you know Corey clark warrior soul 
Oh man, I wish we could play ten songs here, man. So you, you mentioned the tragic death of your drummer Razzle, which was recently um, uh, part of the movie The uh, Dirt about Motley Crue, which uh, you didn't see, right? No, I did not see, and I have no interest in seeing it. Let's not waste any more time talking about that. I just don't, don't open that can of worms. I'm not interested in that band, their book, or their movie, or anything about that. I think they're. I like musical. I'm more interested in musical uh, contrib- co- contributions to the music scene, musically, musically, and uh, musically. I don't find anything uh, that doesn't do anything to me, uh, you know, with the you know, the kind of music they make. So, uh, so still, yeah, I, I, not I, interested. I, I noticed that on uh, on YouTube, under a lot of Hanoi Rocks clips, you can see people writing in the comment section, "The dirt brought me here." So apparently, you're getting. You know, oh, I should be some, thankful. Some, no, no, I don't mean that. I, I just mean that you know the movie might have a, an effect on people exploring your past, at least. Yeah, they might get interested in saying who was Razzle, and maybe they'll find out that there were also two teenagers who got paralyzed from the neck down in the same accident, and there was another. Yeah, people don't talk about that, right? I don't know. I, I heard that it's not in a movie anyway, so whatever. That's their version of whatever. I'm not. It's just like you know, an old, old, old uh, sore memory, and I'd rather not just. Did not go there. My whole life went, you know, exploded to bits. I got, I didn't know what the hell to do, and uh, you know, I lost everything and had to start over. And but incredibly, I'm still here to listen to everyone tell me about it. <laughs> and then uh, the same thing happened, like a few years afterwards, when your dear friend Steve Baters was killed in a car accident in in yeah. Paris. Uh, yeah. Let's listen to Lords of the New Church. Yeah. That's one of my favorite bands. And I'm actually, I'm wearing a Lord's with the New T-shirt I can see today. that. That was the first thing I noticed when I met you. That's great, great, good move. What are you going to play? Russian roulette? Yes. Yes. Thank you. The song has a lot of references to the movie Apocalypse Now, yeah, and it seems to be about like going to the movies and kind of entering fantasy world because he sings that I'm the Leicester Square kid, I'm Superman, and Leicester Square in London is you know where they have a lot of movie theaters, yeah. So, but I'm yeah. not sure what the movie. Uh, Living on Frank is. Frank Coppola's dreams. Yeah, uh, out of my mind, I'm feeling me. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure Steve's also leaving stuff open to interpretation in that song. Russian Roulette was, uh, yeah, surely it's uh, Apocalypse Now, a tribute to Apocalypse Now, at least, with the, with the helicopter in there. <laughs> I remember when this video came out, as I went, Steve invited me, me and Sammy Yaffa went to their office on, in Portobello. The, uh, Steve had just said, you want to come and see our new video? They just got it in their office. I went to see the, the video uh, for the first time ever at uh, Miles Copeland's uh, office in uh, Portobello, where he had his management company, IRS. And his brother had a booking agency, FBI, and and then he managed also a band called the Police and uh, and uh, the FBI and IRS and uh, CIA was also uh, there was a name of no the record company was IRS and the uh, Miles Copeland's management firm was called CIA. I forgot what the abbreviation was from, but uh, yeah. I get a hit for the- 
Steve was a dear friend of mine, and actually, when Hanoi Rocks broke up in '84, after after Razzel died in, 80, in December in '84, on December 9th, uh, uh, beginning of '85, I uh, you know Sammy Alpha also left the band, so there was no no future for Hanoi, and I I just wanted to make sure the band is stopped with its name intact and with the integrity intact. Uh, that you know, we, if we would have continued with that name and with the new. The, the, Two new people that was that was supposed to replace Razzle and Sammy. It was impossible. Nobody could replace them. We were like a family, you know. So it wasn't going to work. But I just wanted to make sure that the integrity was maintained. That you, you if you're going to continue without me, you're not going to use that name. So and that's why Hanoi Rocks has a, you know, the respect of uh, you know. There was at least there had to be one band that doesn't do just anything for money. So I was pr I'm proud of the legacy of Hanoi. But I moved in with Steve Bader's around the time. I was taking care of his cat, Ziggy, when he was on tour. And uh, then eventually I moved in. I said, yeah, I might as well share the rent, you know, we'll save some money. And uh, moved in with Steve Bader's. And uh, then Johnny Thunders moved in as, with us as well. Well, that seems like a healthy couple to hang out with. Yeah, yeah. Well, those are the only friends I had until little Steven came into the picture. And that was different. It was, was anti-drug and all that. And it was great. The Sun City, Sun City Project. It was a yeah, you were part of the Sun City Project. Yes. Uh, the Artists uh, United Against Apartheid, uh, part of that band, with including Miles, Miles Davis, Ma, uh, Bruce Springsteen, Bono, Bob Geldof, Keith Richards, Ronnie Wood, uh, Bob Dylan, and Nona Hendrix, I run DMC. Oh, so, so many cool people on that record. Uh, let's listen to it. Okay, yes. <laughs> It was actually um, a, a, a video, I mean, song and a video to make people aware. It's raising awareness about what was going down in South Africa at the time when Mandela, Mandela was still in jail and the apartheid was really at its height. And there was a, uh, a holiday resort called, called Sun City where they had bands come in and play and they paid the bands like millions, like a huge amount of money uh, as a, a salary. But then while you would go and play there, you're supporting the racist government. So it was like there was a conflict, and little Stephen went to visit South Africa. They say they said that please send a message to uh, the people here in, in the, <coughs> who would, uh, that nobody should go and come and play there. You know, to all the bands in in, in the West, and they said please send this message. So he wrote that song. I don't care what you pay. I ain't gonna play in Sun City. And after that, no band or artist could go to Sun City and play there with a clear conscience anymore. After that, and to me that was really a. The first thing I did after Hanoi, after Hanoi had broken up, so uh, I was like, with all these people, Stephen flew me and Steve Bader's also. Me and Steve Bader sang backing vocals on it, and Joe Ramone also was part of it. Jimmy Cliff, all, all these Bob cool, Dylan, the coolest, even. Bob Dylan as well, and Ringo Starr and Zach Starkey, his son, and everybody who was all the biggest and coolest names in rock and and in, in the music business. That you it's know, a great imagine. protest song. You know, it's it's even better than a Swedish metal aid. Give a helping hand. Yeah, this is a great. You know, uh, the premiere of the video was shown at the United Nations building, and Jesse Jackson was there. I, you know, 
came to shake our hands and prayed with us and uh, uh and little Stephen had a speech there and to me it was like okay this is where i belong that's when i decided washington square park was where they were shooting the crew, the group scene and there was almost a, a riot there because the, the, the word got out that bruce springsteen's there and bono's there and the cops were really having <clears throat> trouble holding the crowd because uh they would they were told originally that little steven's just shooting a video there they didn't know there were all these superstars there and stuff so it was great it was that's when i decided to move to new york and start over because london had become sad for me because that Russell's passing you know you know I figured okay I'll I'll restart my I'll, I'll start over and you know in New York I'll move there and that's when I moved to New York in the end of 85 and I lived there 10 years in the same flat in Manhattan uh, East 3rd Street on the Lower East Side the Hells Angels block uh, between 1st and 2nd Avenue <coughs> I lived there for the following 10 the, years the Hells Angels block yeah 10 years uh, uh I lived there at, across the street from the Hells Angels, New York City Hells, Hells so did Angels. Did you hang out with them? Well, yeah, I was on their good side. My Actually, as a matter of fact, my debut solo gig in America was at the Hells Angels block party uh, on the street. Uh, they, you know, they blocked off the street, uh, uh, usually for 4th of July, Independence Day. And they, the cops gave him permission, and uh, then they had this, they had a stage there, and they had an American flag from hanging between the buildings, and with their logo, Hell's Angels, New York City. When you look from the from the end of the block, you can see the flag and the, their logo. And you know, I, of course, support your local angels. I went to play. I put a band together, and I played about an hour's worth of you know, with all the hundred Harleys, uh, you know, lined up on the street, and uh, they uh, actually had the. Um, The flag was my friend Eddie, who was the treasurer of their the club. He said he came knocking on my door in the morning. He said, "Yo, Mike, can you use your fire escape?" And I said, "Okay, go ahead." So they had another angel on the other side in the other building, rigging up this flag. <laughs> I was like, really, really uh, worth worth seeing. It was two days and nights of complete noise. It was like war zone. You know, they threw uh, M80s, you know, quarter stick of dynamite with big explosions and stuff. And then also, I had the opportunity since I knew little Stephen. Little Steven's solo stuff were really important. Voice of America and the same as Steve's Lords of the Church. Your lyrics, your deadliest weapon, your tools for positive action. Uh, so then I had, Steve had little Steven come over and produce the Lords of the Church, uh, Hey Tonight and Lord's Prayer, which was written by a TV advert. Me sitting there after Hanoi has gone and all my life was like in, in pieces, sitting there with Steve Baders and little Steven and working on the lyrics for that song, Lord's Prayer. I, said, I thought this is the, these are the two people I need to be. I don't need to know anybody else. These are the two people I need to, need to be with. I'm in the right place right now. And the, Steve was really the only friend. And then Stephen became my friend. He never heard of Hanoi. Steve turned him on to Hanoi Rock. Says, "Whoa, what a fantastic band! Where, what's happening now?" I said, "Well, we broke up. Our drummer died, and so on and so on." And since then, he's, he was really supportive of my solo career. So part of the reason I moved to New York was really little Stephen. So uh, Stephen had a gig in, uh, at the Ritz downtown, and he had Bruce. Uh, Bruce came out his second album after the Voice of America, "Freedom No Compromise." Had a cool, a cool uh, duet with Bruce and Stephen singing. It was called Native American. So Bruce came to sing, sing that song live at the Ritz, and uh, so I, I'd met him at the Sun City too, uh, Sun City uh, project also as well. So I could sort of uh, know him that way. So when I was leaving the club, 
the Hell's Angels vice president, vice president was downstairs with another angel at the bar and saying, you know, hey, Mike, you know, you're not going to leave without having a drink with us, right? I said, okay, twist my arm. So I said, what are you doing here? He says, oh, he wants to see, because Bruce, he knew that Bruce was going to walk out of the club that way, so he was going to just see him because he was such a big fan. So when Bruce showed up, I, I pulled his sleeve. I said, Bruce, would you say hello to my friend here? And introduced him to the vice president of the Hell's Angels. And Bruce is such a nice guy. He talked to him like at least a half an hour, 45 minutes, uh, at the bar there, it's really, really sweet guy. So uh, after that, uh, especially the health, the angels were okay. Mike, whatever you need, just stick your head out the window. <laughs> <laughs> the noisiest and the safest block in the city it was. Let's listen to a song you recorded with Guns N' Roses. Yeah. You were really close to the Guns N' Roses when they, yeah, when they became like huge. On, on they became really, really, really big, like the biggest rock band in the world. D- did you feel that you wanted that kind of success for yourself, or did you feel that you might, you know, lose your sanity if you became uh, that no, huge? Because you know, so, something happens to people when they reach that level. Sometimes, yeah, I never had that problem. You know, <laughs> I was always uh, to me the most important thing was to maintain my. Uh, keep uh, never never to sell my soul and uh, keep my feet on the ground and, and and stay true to myself and never get lost in the traffic the trappings of fame you know basically because it's it happens easily and it's, it can be confusing when you guess you got so many yes men around you but to me it was like even if I if I became a millionaire and one of the biggest names in the world it would mean nothing to me if I'd turn into an asshole in the process so that was more important to me than anything else was to not to lose myself so it was easy for me to handle. I never complained. Like I say, I never complain about success, but I, as long as I, you do it on your own terms and not compromise for, for the wrong reasons, just to make money or to get famous, you know, I never, it would never occur to me. So, so I wasn't afraid of that, but I, I, I must say Axel has uh, had a lot, of, a lot on his plate. I mean, it's, it's really a, not an easy thing to deal with when he has such a big name and huge, so huge in the world. You never know who's, what, why people want to be your friends or whoever, you know, it's like who's close to you. I mean, you know, sure, look at Michael Jackson, what happened to him, you know, people have after his money and stuff and the Oh, I don't know. It's, it's crazy. Uh, it's a crazy world, but uh, I could handle it. I got nothing against being a famous and and you know big and and stuff like that. But then again, I'm happy to be. And money never meant that much to me. Uh, I get by, you know. And uh, these people also have they have the same bills, just in a bigger capacity. By the way, I never fe- felt you know bitter or anything. Um, I'm just uh, maybe cynical. I like my coffee bitter and dark, like my personality. <laughs> <laughs> It's such a cold, cold world. It's a bold, bold world. Yeah, people that don't dig, people are dragged. This band, The Undisputed Truth, we found this album called Higher Than High. There was this 
five five guys, one girl and four guys with the platinum blonde afros. Uh, floating in space with like silver shiny sh- suits and platform boots with the microphones and microphone cords in neon colors and it was called Higher Than High. I was like, this got to be something else. And they and uh, we listened to the record and it was the best, coolest funk ever. You know, it's been from the early 70s. And this song, Ball of Confusion, has been covered by many people, uh, uh, Temptations as well. But this is the best version, hands down, the best version of Ball of Confusion that there is, in my opinion. So the undisputed truth, both confusion. That's one of the best songs ever. I mean, the statement, the lyrics, it's about more true than ever in the world today. Well, it's confusion. Revolution, revolution, gun control, sound of soul. Children rocking to the moon. Kids growing up to soul. Politicians say more taxes will solve everything. Well, and the band play on. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. You have a line on your new album where you sing, I ain't Elvis or Jesus, but I got a pretty face. Well, I used to have. Anyway, well, I do it, yeah. Yeah, I was thinking of your looks, and has anyone ever told you that you look a lot like the German film star Klaus Kinski? Are like you ge- serious? Germany's Marlon Brando, you know, who was their... Um, yeah, I know who Klaus Kinski, Klaus Kinski is. Their I greatest actor. He's a cre- yeah, but he's a creepy looking guy, man. Well, I don't know how to take that. Yeah, that was a compliment. He was <laughs> oh, compliment. Brando, Jesus okay, Christ. Okay, so he has character. <laughs> but you know, I ain't Elvis is Jesus. Okay, I like that. I like. I always dig Jesus' style. I, 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 you know, Satan sucks. You know, I never, never was. Into you prefer that. Jesus? I prefer Jesus, and uh, uh, I ain't walking on water like Jesus did. But I got, I know a trick or two. That line's that's what, what that line means in the same song. It says, I'm walking on water, you know, but I got a trick or two. I, uh, you know, I got a couple of sli- uh, tricks up my own sleeve. Uh, not not as impressive maybe as walking on water, but that's what the song is about. It's about positive mental attitude. And from the heart of the city to the out of the way, everybody's pissing on their own parade. Pissing on their own parade is like, that means people are voting for things like Brexit and Trump, and then they complain about how everything's all screwed up and everything sucks. 
uh, and then running on the PMA, positive mental attitude. So uh, that's kind of what that song is about. One man gang, me, myself, and I, <laughs> and my band, you know, has the name. Uh, Michael Monroe is the name of the band as well. So that, therefore I thought it was an appropriate name for the album. Little Feet, one of my favorite bands. Oh, actually, this album, Sailing Shoes album, was the best uh, album they made, and it was produced by Ted Templeman, who actually later in later years he produced the best Van Halen stuff with uh, David Lee Roth and stuff. So this was in 1972, and the, I used this drum sound as a reference when I'm mixing in the studio. I was, this is one of my references for a drum sound. This is huge. It's great. funny that's the kind of like drum loop that run dmc would sample yeah for sure you know, it really has that full run dmc sound yeah you, know, you, you could rap over the, that beat it's over yeah well it's more it's, it's bigger than john bonham I mean, it's really i mean surely the, the snare is tuned down pretty much but uh, it was a, it's a huge big sound and you can hear the cymbals are kind of like charlie watch that they go this red like really really fat sound that's one kind of sound and uh People, uh, I know so much cool stuff that uh, these guys could could sample if they uh, act if they uh, knew what I know. But uh, yeah, it's true. It's funny, you know. People sample stuff. I'd rather be the originator. Frederick, I love chatting to you. This is this is such a great time talking to you. I wish we had a whole day. I wish we could play. Uh, you know. 30 songs instead of five uh, or maybe even 50 uh, but uh, unfortunately I have a tight schedule today uh, of other interviews uh, although this is so far my favorite <laughs> no I'm, I'm flying to Paris at, uh, at seven so I uh, got a pretty pretty tight schedule otherwise I'd love to stay here Michael it was a true pleasure having you here good luck in Paris and thank you for being on um this podcast thank you for having me on this podcast and hopefully people will get something out of that music too and uh, hope you enjoyed our chat great meet- meeting you getting to know you man Frederick rocks alright oh you're too kind yes well you know that I ain't ever 